Welcome to this episode of the Jump Around with Blake Dudonis, my podcast on women's basketball. I'm really excited. I always say I'm really excited. I know. But seriously, I'm really excited to be joined today by Amanda Butler, the head coach at Clemson. What she's done, what her staff or what her team's done this year has been remarkable. And if they topple off the end of the earth this year and just flame out, they still would have had a great year. 14-5, and 5-1 and one in the ACC. This is a Clemson program that hasn't been able to reach the five-win marking conference in a long time. It's a, it's a program that just has not seen any success in the recent past. And Amanda got the job after taking a year off. She was at Florida for 10 years, uh, was relieved there, took a year off, and had some really interesting things that occurred during that year off, which we'll talk to her about, but took over this Clemson program that, just to be perfectly honest, had no business uh, winning games, and that's what they've done so far, and they've beaten good teams, too. It's not like they've just floated by beating poor teams. You know, they beat Miami, they beat Florida State. They're they're doing it. They're really doing the thing, so uh, I look forward to talking to her about uh, her program about how they've done what they've done and and moving forward. She also has some really interesting things in the past uh, that I want to talk to her about as well. So we'll get her on the phone here in a minute, and we'll be right back. This is The Jump Around. are back on the jump around and joining me as promised it is Clemson head coach Amanda Butler coach man uh, I, I know we were talking about it uh, before we hopped on and and we will later but an incredible season for you guys so far and uh, it's been pretty fun to watch so congrats to you and thanks for joining me today uh, it's a pleasure to be here Blake I really appreciate the opportunity just to talk about our team a little bit and share some of our excitement and get to know you better. Yeah. Well, before we get into your team, I want people to get to know you better because I'm just here to mediate. <laughs> all right. I'm just people don't care about me. They care about you. Um, I, I need to ask you a question. And I've been told this multiple times. So I just need you to verify or deny this. OK. Um, when you were playing in college at Florida, uh, is it is it true or false that one time to fix a shoulder that had popped out that you ran into a wall? <laughs> um, that might be a little bit <laughs> of an exaggeration. Okay. Uh, I, I don't, I, I, yeah, I think that around about the time, you know, the Mel Gibson movie, uh, one of those action movies he was in, he did that in a scene. And I think maybe my, one of my shoulders that kept coming out of joint um, made someone, and my reaction to it made someone think of a scene from that movie, but uh, that is not true. Never have uh, run into a wall to put my shoulder back in place. Okay, all right, that's that's good to know. So false information. Um, okay, <laughs> can you confirm or deny this rumor that you were again at Florida were playing on an intramural flag football team, limped off the field thinking you tweaked your ankle, and in fact you had torn your Achilles? Um, I did, in fact, uh, rupture my Achilles. I did hop off the floor, uh, or the field, rather. Um, I did not think I had tweaked my ankle. I, I knew something bad had happened <laughs> because it was a feeling I'd never, a, a sensation I'd never experienced before. 
I had to give it about as much energy as it's really dangled over because a lot of my players were there watching. And so we teach toughness and freak toughness all the time. And I thought, you know, if my leg is still connected, I've got to get off this field and act like this is no big deal. Um, so, okay. to, to make sure that I am walking my talk. So that's kind of how that would maybe maybe get a little bit blown up before. I mean, but you walked off on a on a an Achilles. That's still pretty impressive. I think I probably hopped because uh, it was pretty <laughs> non-functional. But uh, the, the thing you really need to know about that story, Blake, is that we won the game. That's hey, what you really need hey, that's there. It is. There's the competitor. I knew there's some competitive juices <laughs> coming. Uh, we found them. That's funny. Okay. All right. Well, good. So we can dispel the running to the wall story, uh, or we can just edit that and let people still think it's true. Uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll, yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's way more fun. Like, let's let them roll with it. That's, okay. that's good. I just don't want like some crazy maniac version of me out there that's not exactly true. Well, like, maybe a maniac, but not crazy. <laughs> well, that's you what. Know, so, like, <laughs> Absolutely. Well, when I when I heard it, I was like, "That was my follow up." If you confirmed it, I was like, uh, "Coach, are you a crazy person?" So no, you're not. You're just a ma- <laughs> just a maniac. That's good to know. I'm glad to yeah, glad just to hear a part time maniac. That's all. <laughs> well, you you play at Florida. You 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 start your coaching career there as an assistant. Then you go to Charlotte, and you have uh, a two year run there. And and then you get a chance to go back to Florida as the head coach. You're there for ten years. You win 190 games. Um, you guys had success. You went to the postseason nearly every single year, and I know uh, ultimately that didn't end uh, end the way you wanted it to. And uh, and for, and I promise we're going to talk about happy times here after this. But um, <laughs> I, I know when you when you were let go, uh, it was it was on your birthday, and I just wonder. And forgive me, I I'm, I, I laugh just because it's just like man, talk about salt in the womb. Um, when you look back to to that time, which seems like forever ago for me. Um, was would you say that which was kind of the low point of your career, or, or, and how did just can you take me through the next you know week after that? Well, the first thing since we're fact checking here that you need to know is you you skipped a very important part of my past, and I'm very proud of, and that was my four years I spent at Alton Key ah, as as a lady yep. governor assistant coach. So that uh, with Susie Gardner as as my boss, sure. um, and really enjoyed that time, but. You know, I don't, I don't know that I would consider it um, a, a low, low point because I'm so thankful for it mm. in so many ways, and, and I don't think that's something that can count as a blessing. Um, you know, if you're really asking me from the inside, yeah. I mean, certainly, uh, you know, there was disappointment and, and surprise, and and you know, a lot of those those different emotions that I, I think are would have been predictable, um, but very quickly after that. I realized that I was just being given this amazing opportunity and I didn't want to blow it. And uh, so it it was just, I don't know why necessarily. I think I felt a great deal of conviction in that, you know, with my teams, we we have a daily gratitude practice. Um, We talk about things like handling the business, handling your business like a woman. And I felt very convicted from the very beginning of, uh, you know, if I'm going to be who I say I am to these women that I've had the pleasure of coaching for 10 years here in Florida and then the other women at other, other spots that you mentioned, um, you know, how I handle this is, is really, really important. And if we're going to walk around every day and talk about what we're grateful for, and that's how we want to set the tone for how we want to practice and play and, and live our lives, and that's where I have to start on this day, that the events aren't as scripted, and it's, it's not certainly, you know, um, 
something that, that anybody wanted that was in and around our program, but I've got to find the reasons to be grateful and then look for the opportunities in there. And more importantly, I've just got to make sure all these other folks that, you know, are, um, you know, on this bus with me that they can see what they have to look forward to, help them get to their next opportunity. And I really just didn't want the focus to be on, on me at, at that point. And I think that maybe helped me deal with maybe the disappointment and, um, you know, whatever word, other words you want to throw in there, yeah. the, the shock or, you know, whatever it is. But um, just really as I'm able to reflect back on it now and, and sitting here in my office at Clemson going, man, <laughs> what what an awesome blessing in terms of events that was that I would have never have been wise enough to choose for myself. And I'm just so thankful, you know, for God's plan and where he continues to lead my life. Yeah. Well, you, you take that year after that occurs, and, and I know you wrote about it, and I read about it, and it was amazing, but for people who maybe aren't aware of um, some of the things you did while you were um, you know, transitioning, I guess, uh, to eventually uh, the job at Clemson, could you, could you share a little bit with, with people who maybe haven't heard that story? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, you know, I, first thing I would tell you, and if, if there happen to be any athletic directors that ever listen to this, um, I know that I'm a better coach today because of what I got to experience and what a lot of people have referred to as my gap year. Um, you know, I can't think of it as my unplanned sabbatical, but, um, you know, just the opportunity to not just always be the teacher, but be the student, be the listener, be the observer. Um, it was so beneficial to me. And, you know, as I mentioned a minute ago, I very quickly realized, man, this is just going to be an opportunity like no, none other in my professional career. Um, and so I didn't want to blow it. And so I started thinking, you know, what can I do in this year that I've never had a chance to do? How can I expand, you know, kind of my experiential footprint? And um, I've been fortunate enough to meet a lot of NBA coaches and be exposed to a lot of men's college basketball coaches through my relationship there at Florida with Billy Donovan and, and the clinic that uh, him and Larry Shiat. Um, run and uh, you know I thought man these these guys see basketball a little bit differently than we do and through our college women's basketball lens I, I just want to see what they see every day I, I want to go and watch their practices and um, you know sit in their meetings and see how many people will let me in the door where I can just listen and take as many notes as fast as I can um, I didn't want to hop around and do that I really was interested about the process and, and the way that those guys fought the game and, and just, you know, the energy around their program, the way they managed their staff and all those things. And so I, I started out my, the, the biggest chunk of time. I spent probably almost six weeks with um, the Boston Celtics. And, and Brad Stevens was, you know, kind enough, generous enough, his staff. They let me come there and uh, be there in and around uh, the beginning and end of uh, their training camp and all the way through. And then I left there and, and went to Oklahoma City and the Thunder were finished with their training camp. They got to visit with some of Billy's staff and get to know those guys. Um, but spent a bulk of my time with Mark Dagnall, who's the head coach of the Oklahoma Blues, their G League affiliate, and spent every day with them in practice and meetings and individual workouts, film sessions, that sort of thing. Um, left there and then spent about 10 days uh, with the Detroit Pistons and uh, Sam Van Gundy and his staff. Um, and, and there's a lot of other staff uh, and, and stops along the way um, where I just was trying to see something different than what I had already experienced. And I really just wanted to take kind of my blinders off, if you will, that sometimes I think are self-imposed as a college coach where we're so focused on our team, our program, um, recruiting, 
and in the things that don't maybe necessarily allow you to, to stick your head up and look around and see what other great things are happening at other levels or, or other in other programs and just really thankful for a lot of folks who let me in the door um entertained all of my questions and uh you know just came away with a tremendous amount of of notes things to ponder and um, some strong relationships that I'm really thankful for. Yeah, well, and then you know, following that, you you get you get the Clemson job, and you know I I know you're aware this that doesn't happen. You don't you don't lose a, a, a BCS job and then get another one, right? And like that does not happen. So it, it for you, not in women's basketball. No, not in women's basketball. Clear, that yes, know, very, it happens yes. on the men's side. That is but true. Not as common on women. On no, the women's side. that is yes, fair point, very fair point. Um, so it's very difficult. Uh, I know. So some people, even originally, when your name starts coming around, and you know the rumors spread, people, you know, you don't know what to believe or what what to believe, and then you get it, and you you, you take over a program, and I know it's your program, so I mean, no disrespect to you, but you you took over a program who who has not seen success uh, lately. It's been a while. Um, you haven't had the the program hasn't had a winning season since two thousand three, two thousand four. Haven't been over five hundred in the ACC since two thousand two. Um, so it's a program that very much is a rebuild, and it seems like they've been in a rebuild mode for a while. You bring your staff in. Uh, you bring in a great staff, too. What does it look like when you first get it? What is it, uh, you know, you get over the press conference, you get settled in. I mean, what is, you You know, you get your staff in a room. What is it that, hey, guys, we got to do blank? Well, I, there was some obvious things when you just look at a stat sheet or you look on film and, and you go, okay, here's some things we're not good at. And, um, and so our challenge is going to be not identifying those things, which I think is maybe from the outside, whether it was a lot of focus of what Clemson didn't have or what Clemson wasn't or what, um, you know, Clemson hadn't done uh, lately and those sort of things. And, and, you know, I really wanted our view and our focus um, from our staff and, and, and our leadership, obviously, on down in the team, to just to be a lot more dwelling on what do we have, what's here, and let's make games, let's make competition about that, and then uh, let's make sure that our main goal, our main focus is let's just get a little bit better every day. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, um, you know, in, in that, um, you know, journey, on that journey and in that endeavor, we'll we'll get the results that we want, but we we haven't been, aren't now focused on, you know, things that we can't control. And, and in a league like ours, man, you could you could play your best game and still lose by 10 or 15 points. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't want us to be confused about what success or progress was going to be for us. Success and progress is going to be let's improve every single day. Let's be 100% in control of the things that, you know, we can have an impact on. And let's be um, essentialist. Let's not waste time on things that do not apply to us, don't matter, um, or have an impact on us. Let's leave all of that stuff in a closet somewhere or throw it on a, um, you know, in a, in, a, in a fire somewhere and just burn it down to the ground. And, and you know, the, the group of people that deserve the most credit for that are our players. And their level of eagerness. Um, them not being distracted by what they weren't or by what, what you said, some of the talk was around the program and things that hadn't happened in 15 years or 20 years or whatever. It was just about, hey, let's own who we are. Let's build that every single day and then let's see where we land. Yeah. 
What, um, for you, I, I don't want to get too far away from this. You, you mentioned all the things that you were able to learn over your year with all those staffs. I wonder specifically if you can give me something or even multiple things. What is different from Coach Butler at Florida and Coach Butler at Clemson? And what ways have you evolved or changed um, between those two? Well, you know, experience, if you um, apply things, I think is obviously our greatest feature. And, and so, you know, to have a chance to pause and reflect and, and, you know, without the destruction of the next game or the next season or the next recruiting class, you know, was, was obviously really beneficial for me. The lessons I learned from all those wonderful people who, um, as, as we mentioned already, and I just gave you a few of them, the people that I spent the most time with, that I attracted the most, especially from the NBA, was, you know, in the NBA, they have an, a, a completely opposite model of what we have in the college. In college, we have a whole bunch of practices and we play a few games. In the NBA, they play a whole bunch of games and they have a few practices every now and then. Mm. And so there's, there were two things from that that I really wanted to try to apply at my next opportunity. And I hope I'm doing a good job of that. Um, you know, the first thing is, uh, in the NBA, they never really limit their players. Um you know, they never really go, oh, man, there's no way we can do that. Or we're not good enough to do that. Or we couldn't do that last week. Why should we try? You know, we couldn't do A last week. There's no way we can move on to B this week. Um, you know, and I know I'm definitely guilty of that in the past. So, you know, you get to that exam break where you have a little bit of time to maybe put in some new wrinkles that you had talked about adding back in August. I mean, you get there in December and you go, man, there's no way we can we can put in a one three one. You know, we don't even know how to – our man principles yet. And <laughs> yeah. so um, – in, in the NBA, I mean, daily, they're putting in new wrinkles. Uh, they're asking guys to do things, play roles. Or maybe a guy just got on their roster the day before and they're throwing him out there and he's going to play 20 minutes in the game and they expect him to have, you know, uh, be able to execute three different ball screen coverages. And I wanted to be more like that. I didn't want to be the reason why, you know, my players didn't get a chance to try something new. I didn't want to be that limiting factor. Uh, and I think in college that happens a lot more often because we have so many practices and sit around and think about what we can and can't do or what we should or shouldn't do. Yeah. In the NBA, they don't have that luxury. they got to go play games. <laughs> yeah. they got to figure out what's going to win that game that night. And so they're, they're making adjustments in walkthroughs, not in practices. Um, I, I think that's definitely one of the things. And then also kind of the same because of the nature of the schedule, you have to be so efficient in your preparation. You really have to get at the essence of what really matters, what really matters on my team, what really matters on the opposing team, and let's spend time only on those things that are going to lead to winning. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and again, I think with more time on our hands, you know, we feel like we have a condensed prep window right now. We've got two days to get ready for every single team we play, yeah. um, you know, two days of practice anyway. Um, that's, that's a lifetime in, in the NBA. And so we've really tried to do a good job. I've tried to do, do a good job as a leader of in those two days, let's just make it about the things that we think are really important and let's, you know, plan D, E, F, and G. Listen, if we get to plan again, maybe we'll get to those next time. Mm. And uh, so I think those are, you know, those two things that, you know, are certainly areas that I grew. You know, one of the things that I thought was, was really fascinating um, by being a student, you know, whether I was out of college practice or, have, you know, an NBA practice, student league didn't matter. It was also just paying attention to the messaging that was going on and making sure 
as a communicator going forward that my messages are really, really clear. They're very well understood, and they're repeated over and over and over again and reinforced daily if they're really the things that I want us to be about. And uh, I think that they do a good job of that in the NBA as well, but the coaches I get to spend time with anyway. Mm. Well, whatever you have done is is working. Uh, I mean, you just look at even based on pure numbers, which you know don't always tell the full story. But this is a team last year that ranked in the lower one percentile in field goal percentage, effective field goals, points per scoring attempt, all these stats. And then you look at it this year, you guys are shooting nearly uh, nine percentage points better than than last year. Uh, this was a twenty one percent three point team shooting last year. You guys are up to nearly thirty one percent this year. Uh, so it, it, it's clearly correlating to the court. Uh, I imagine your players, as you as you win more games and they see the success, they believe more. How quick was that buy-in when you guys got there? Was it immediate, or did it take a little bit of time to get that going? Well, I think there's, you know, uh, it would be an oversimplification for me to just say yes. Um, you know, I, like I said a minute ago, this group of women deserves so much credit for their open-mindedness, their eagerness, their desire um, to improve and, and to experience, create for themselves a different experience as they get this amazing opportunity to compete at this university and this conference, you know, individual basketball. And I think they have the right mindset that made it, relatively speaking, as someone who's been through it before, easy. Um, the other part of it, though, is I think that, you know, as a staff, we really just kind of tried to figure out as much as we could on the front end, what are we not good at, and then say to them and, and treat them and speak to them very respectfully and directly, hey, guys, we're not good at this, so let's don't do that. We don't shoot the three very well, <laughs> yeah. so we can't take 20, okay, in a game. That's just good sense. Yeah. That's not analytics or any of those other things <laughs> that are real fun and sexy to talk about. If we don't shoot well, let's not shoot those shots that we don't shoot well a bunch. Yeah. Let's be real selective with those. <laughs> That's a harder message to hear than, you know, the way I'm presenting it right now because a lot of the things that we've asked our team to curtail or be a lot more selective about are kind of the more fun and sexy parts of the game. Everybody wants to score, and everybody wants to shoot free now, right? I mean, you know, like that's, that's what the, the, you know, the, the narrative is in basketball, period, not just college women's basketball. You know, volume threes and some of those things are some of the trendy topics, and we don't get to be part of that trend. We got to we got to make the game about something else. And the the thing I really give our credit team for, our team credit for, is not just being able to be disciplined on some of those fronts. We would even take it one step further and say, and some of these things, we don't even necessarily. We hope we hit our free throws and we get to the line. But listen, we're not a great shooting team, so we're not going to bank on hitting them. But let's talk about what we want our mindset to be after misses, and let's be great. Let's be the best team in the country after misses of playing defense, whatever that looks like. Mm. And some of those ideas that seem a little bit backwards, and, you know, our team just went, yeah, yeah, let's do that. That sounds great. <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and one of the themes that really kind of evolved this season is how ugly we play. And I did not point that out to them. They pointed it out to me <laughs> one time after a session with a sports psychologist where they were, they were describing themselves through pictures. And they had they had pulled out pictures of all these ducks, and they were like, "We're the ugly ducklings, you know, but we're dangerous." So here's also a picture of fire, you know. And I was like, "Man, that's that's brilliant! Yeah, you guys are ugly ducklings, and let's own that. Let's yeah. let's be proud of 
how we play and what we are and not want to be something different or, you know, part of a movement that doesn't fit us. Let's just be us. And uh, they, they really deserve a tremendous amount of credit for the energy that they built around some of those ideas. That's funny. That's great. Uh, well, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was great. Uh, hey, it doesn't matter, right? If it's 2 nothing at the end of the game, you win. So who who really cares? That's right. Yeah. Hey, ugly, pretty, finesse, yeah. uh, smash mouth. Like, you know, the score, there's only going to be one person who gets to walk away with a W. And, yeah. and uh, you know, that's, that's what it's all about. Playing a certain way, and, and then it gets validated with a win, and we've been very fortunate to experience that um, some sometimes this year, and in maybe an unexpected fashion, especially from the outside looking in. Yeah, well, you guys are five and one in conference. It's the most wins the program's had since 2013, and you won five straight. And the one loss was to a really, really good Syracuse team by just three possessions. So you and, and I've kind of I said it in the open before we got on the phone. It's not as if you're just playing a bunch of schmucks i mean you beat miami on the road you beat florida state on the road you beat georgia tech who just took down syracuse so you're you're beating really good teams um and now you have a tough stretch right you go to nc state and then you host notre dame louisville so uh hello welcome to the conference amanda butler (laughs) it's uh it's tough but um with with the way you've talked about it i guess it does seem like you're not really focused necessarily obviously you want to win but you're focused more on the how your yeah how the progress down the road is, not necessarily what the scoreboard is. Is that is that a fair assessment? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, we like I said, we we're just not in control of the scoreboard always. And uh, you know, and I think if you're a person or a team that you're you're going to week by week, um, you know, weigh your value on an, on an outcome or a result. Um, especially in a league like this, then you're going to experience a lot of disappointment. You're not going to be ready for it. Mm. And so, you know, we, we want to make sure that our focus is on the things uh, that that really are, are going to be within our control as you know, or in large part in our control. And that is our improvement. That is how hard we play. Um, that is how connected we are, how we love each other. Um, you know, and, and how much fun we're having. Because let's, let's not lose sight of that either. I mean, this is it's really intense, and it gets really intense during conference plays in mm. every league, but especially leagues like ours that are on TV and results are yeah. here, there, and everywhere. And, and man, we got to enjoy this. Uh, this. All of this is just such a blessing, such an opportunity, not just for the kids, for the coaches as well. Um, it's it's not life or death. It really matters a lot, but it's not life or death. And so let's have fun at what we're doing this, um, you know, and, and let's let's stay away from the negativity that can sometimes go hand in hand with losses or, or disappointments in what we do. Um, I, I do want to give you a chance to talk about your, your kids specifically. Um, Thornton, who's doing what she normally does. Uh, Westbrook, who, who you obviously coached at Florida. I mean, the kid's like 32 years old at this point, Amanda. Like, how, how many years is this kid going to play? But in all seriousness, she has come in and, and made the impact and, and shown why you, you've stuck with her. She, I mean, she's scoring nearly 15 a game. You're playing a lot of players, too. You're playing nearly eight or nine off the bench. Um, your players just you've, – you've, you've got some ballers down there. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, Simone's story is really fun. And, um, you know, the, the reality of her story is – her getting another year of eligibility is 100% what she deserves. 
and the fact that everything lined up, uh, you know, as I said before, you know, God's plan is so much better than mine um, that, you know, I got this opportunity at Clemson, and, and then we had faith and a need for um, who she was. Um, it's, just, uh, it's just a beautiful story. I love coaching her. She plays hard. Uh, she's a great kid. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of a lot of people in, in sports that throw words around like family, and you know, we really try to uh, to be that, to be a family, and and you know, you, you families go through things together, and Simone and I definitely have, and I'm just happy that I'm getting to be part of her journey for for one more year. Um, you mentioned Kobe, really proud of her. I mean, she's just really been a warrior for us, and her numbers have all gone up because I think she's really appreciating the value of a shot selection and, and how elite he is as um, a rebounder, but then also how things just like the foot race in the full court um, can really be something that elevates her game if that's something that she's trying to do is win that foot race. So um, just fun. I mean, a great teammate, a wonderful, wonderful kid um, to, to be able to, to be part of her life during this season of her life has, has really, really been fun. But, um, you know, that you talked about uh, playing a lot of different players. Um, you know, we play a really physically demanding style. And um, and we want it to be energetic. And we want to continue to, you know, we don't want that to just be until we get tired. We want to have waves of that. And one of the things that's been really, really important uh, for us in these, these first ACC games has been the performance of our bench. Uh, you know, we got one of our seniors back, Aaliyah Collier, that we didn't have during some of November and December, and um, she's, she's bolstered that bench play as well. But um, there's just really a, a great collective energy about this group. They're one of the funnest groups of, of people that I really had a chance to, to be around, and um, they make it fun to go out and compete. We don't always know what's going to happen. Yeah. I'll just tell yeah. you that, in all honesty. Um, you know, we are very unpredictable sometimes even to ourselves, but they just play real hard. And, um, and they're really enjoying, I think, continuing to define what it means to be a Clemson Tiger. And, um, and they've really taken that to heart. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll get you out of here on this one. And, and you kind of led me perfectly into it. Um, what does that mean? to be a Clemson Tiger, you know, for people who don't know, for recruits or whoever who just who have dismissed the program for so long, you're forcing them to pay attention. They, they simply, you cannot be ignored. You're getting votes in the AP Top 25, as you should be. Um, so what what does it mean? What is what is Clemson now? What does that mean to be a Clemson Tiger? Well, I'll, I'll give you the short answer. Uh, you know, there's certainly a, a long answer, but, you know, we want to be, as competitors, the more confident, aggressive team on the floor every night, and, and that's what our game goal is going to be. Uh, we don't know how many points we're going to score. Uh, we're not sure how many points we're going to hold you to. Uh, we're not sure if we can out-rebound or not, if we're going to be taller or faster. We want to work so hard in the battle of preparation that we've earned the confidence uh, the confidence that we need going in the game, and then we just want to do the most aggressive thing that, that makes sense. Um, and, and then within that, the bigger umbrella is, uh, you know, we just want to have here people um, that graduate ready to handle the world uh, like women. And, uh, you know, that's as leaders, that's as, as, as mothers, um, that's as doctors, that's as professional athletes, um, competitors in all the different walks of lives that, uh, that, that they're going to get a chance to serve in. Um, and we just want to be a really great training ground for that. So that when they graduate here, 
they can be confident and aggressive in whatever it is they do too when they're not wearing a jersey anymore. Yeah, yeah well. Uh, it has been really fun, uh, truly, to, to see you guys with the success you've had and, and to see your team perform the way they have. Again, Clemson, 14-5, and 5-1 and one in the ACC. They'll put that winning streak on the line against a team who's got a pretty long one themselves, NC State on. They're doing, they're doing great over there in Raleigh, aren't they? Yes, they are. They're doing they a really, are. really good job. Yeah, Wes is, Wes is fantastic, and they just, yeah, they keep, they keep getting injured, and it just doesn't seem to matter. So that'll... Uh, That'll be fun to see see those two t- your two programs uh, square off against each other. And uh, thank you again, Coach, for the time and, and sharing your vision and sharing your story with me. I, I certainly appreciate it, and I know uh, everyone listening does too. No, I, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to talk a little bit. And, and I think, you know, the more women's basketball platforms there are out there for, uh, you know, this great sport and this, this vehicle to uh, success for so many women to be heard and celebrated um, really just makes our communities and our world better. So I really applaud you for uh, that providing another platform for giving somebody like me a, a chance to talk a little bit um, about something I'm really passionate about. But um, this game is a blessing, and we need to treat it with care, and we just need to keep trying to make each other better. But thank you for the time, Blake. I really enjoyed it. Well, thanks again to Amanda Butler, head coach at Clemson, for joining me. Uh, Always enjoy the uncommon honesty and, and vulnerability when uh, when people are willing to show that, and certainly she did that. Uh, what she's done is great, and I know she, she downplayed it, which um, I get it because it's working, but uh, what they've done, uh, especially considering what they have not been able to accomplish in the past, uh, is noteworthy for sure. Uh, so kudos to them, and I am looking forward to watching that NC State-Clemson game. Thank you for listening, whether it's your first time or you listen to every episode or something in between. I greatly appreciate it. If you're listening on iTunes, uh, if you could leave a rating and a review, that's super helpful. Um, But you can obviously find us on SoundCloud, Google Play, or pretty much wherever else you listen to podcasts. You can find me on Twitter, at Blake Dudonis, always with your comments and thoughts. And again, I appreciate you for listening. Until next time, this is The Jump Around.